Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Max Simon. He is CEO at Greenflower. We're going to talk to him about the work they've been doing to really help elevate the industry, provide content, provide training, provide certification. As you know, this cannabis world has been growing dramatically over the last few years. And one of the big issues is how do we make sure that we've got standards, we've got education, that we've got sort of commonalities across the industry and content and training and this whole idea of certification has been a huge part of this. So I'm excited to have this conversation with Max and understand the work that they've been doing and really kind of learn more about um, where they found sort of the needs in the industry, how they've developed solutions, what they're learning from those solutions. Obviously, everything is really dynamic here in cannabis. So I'm sure we're going to learn a lot. We'll continue to learn a lot, but this is a, a big part of it. So I'm excited for this. With all that, Max, welcome to the program. Really great to be with you again, Bruce. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, it's a pleasure. So why don't you catch us up? I know you've been on the program before and we've kind of covered some of the things you've done at Greenflower, but just kind of for, you know, catching people up, people that haven't had a chance to listen to that episode, let's do just a little bit of background on you. Let's talk, you know, just Greenflower, how it formed for you. And then, um, and then some of the things you've worked on the last couple of years, and then we'll talk about the most recent kind of newest program you have with the GFI and, and what that is and, and what it's looking to do and, and some of the traction you've had. So give us the backstory. Absolutely. So Greenflower has three limbs of the business today. It certainly has has not started that way, but this is how it's evolved. And one limb of the business is, is our academic partnership side, where we actually partner with universities and now community colleges to power their cannabis certificate programs of the school. And so we have 15 partnerships now. And we're just announcing University of Arizona, which is our biggest school to date. And University of Denver is in the mix, as well as Syracuse University, University of Springfield, Illinois, and some great schools around the country. Yeah. And so we we power their cannabis programs in business, medicine, cultivation and agriculture and law and policy. And so that's one part of the, the business is we're partnered up with these schools. We have Ganjier, the second part of the business, which is the Cannabis Sommelier Certification. And that's really designed to create this new class of professional that's kind of a master in in product knowledge and, and really deeply understanding cannabis products and cannabis quality and then cannabis service. How does the understanding of that translate into providing the best service and the best products to consumers. And so we have the second year of Gangier just kicking off now. And then we have the third newer element of the business. It's only been around for about a year and a half now, but we just launched GFI as well, which is this kind of limb that trains cannabis businesses. And we just launched GFI, which is the Greenflower Institute. And that is designed to create standardized credentials for the cannabis industry. And so that's our newest venture, which I'm sure we'll talk more about today. Yeah. So I guess, you know, you're doing sort of many different things, you know, for the industry in terms of, you know, content and training certification. I guess, why is this important? Like, what give us a sense of why these things, you know, have been your focus and, and really kind of what you're hoping to do with these things in terms of helping the industry develop? Yeah. Well, so I think it's probably good to start by answering the question, why is education and training necessary in cannabis? And the reason why, quite frankly, is that it's very complex and yeah. very fast moving and very difficult to understand. And so training and education is is basically, you know, the vehicle by how you make people smarter. And by the people being smarter, they can participate more effectively in the businesses. And then that feeds into the second kind of issue, if you will, is that over 90% of the cannabis industry talent that's being hired is not coming from a professional cannabis background. And so you just have a, a huge number of people. I mean, like, you know, tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people that are getting hired into these companies to play a part of a very fast moving, complicated, difficult to understand industry with no training. And so that creates a whole host of big problems. I mean, one, there's a tremendous amount of turnover, quite frankly, just because people are thrown into these roles and they're not able to succeed in them. And then they either get fired or leave. And so there's a lot of turnover happening. There's a lot of mistakes Mm -hmm. happening. There's a lot of 
quality control issues happening. There's a lot of service issues happening. There's just a lot of actual problems that are happening in the industry because people don't have the proper training. And so we're just trying to kind of both get the industry to embrace and recognize that training isn't a nice to have, it's a need to have in this industry. And that by doing it, it not only makes your business more successful, but it keeps your people there longer, which actually ends up being a cost benefit rather than a a big cost, which is what it currently is now in most of these companies because there's so much churn. So, you know, I'm curious, how much do you see this as kind of a lack of, you know, cannabis specific knowledge versus just sort of a lack of general business knowledge in some cases, you know, in terms of, you know, helping really kind of elevate some of these folks, you know, help elevate the the industry. I guess, where do you draw your lines around what you want to educate around, what you don't want to educate around, you know, as you look at your content and strategy? So this is probably a good place to talk about GFI because what we discovered after doing this for all these years is that, you know, the cannabis industry is a big place first off. And there there's actually many different types of training needs in many different areas. And so, mm-hmm. you know, at the at the retail level, we actually built Gangier predominantly to play at that role. But it ended up being actually much broader than that. And that people in Gangier have gotten involved in that because of product development knowledge or wanting to develop better products or quality control things. And anyways, my point being, it helped me realize that, that, you know, the cannabis industry is a really big place with lots and lots and lots of different diverse training needs. But here's the commonality. There's three sectors of the industry, if you will, that are the most people growth oriented, meaning the most amount of people are being hired. And those people need to have fundamental levels of understanding and knowledge about the cannabis industry just to operate at a baseline level of proficiency. And so those sectors are the cultivation sector, right? So mm-hmm. somebody has to grow the plants and, and lots of people are growing the plants. Yep. Then, then you have to process those plants into finished products. And that's the, the manufacturing and the processing sector. And then you have to take those products and sell them to customers at the retail sector. And so when you look at those three sectors, you also recognize that the most amount of people being hired are coming into those specific sectors. And for better or worse, as I said earlier, what we've now learned is that, you know, over 90% of the people that are being hired into cannabis don't have formal cannabis backgrounds. So they're starting with, you know, lots of retail knowledge or maybe mainstream agriculture. You know, maybe they come from the farming sector or maybe they come from, you know, service-based like retail and sales sectors, or maybe they come from other manufacturing sectors. There's lots of manufacturers coming in, but no fundamental cannabis knowledge. And so the first thing that we realize is that they need the foundational cannabis knowledge to be successful. You know, if you put somebody in traditional agriculture into a cultivation facility and say, okay, go grow these plants. Mm -hmm. They're going to fail and it's going to be extremely costly to the business. And, you know, one of the most obvious areas that everybody goes, oh yeah, that's totally true. Is that the amount of bad service people are getting at retail. People are coming in and asking questions and just getting atrociously bad advice. You know, I, I've always, I love going into dispensaries and asking, asking questions to see what kind of answers Terrible, right? And everybody, yeah, like yeah. everybody does exactly what you do. They start laughing and joking like, yeah. oh, it's so bad, right? Yeah. But it's a big problem. <laughs> it's a, yeah. And so, you know, for us with GFI, we decided to tackle the issue of 
here's the most amount of people being hired for key functions within the industry that just quite frankly help the industry operate in a responsible and professional way. And that's why we needed to build these standardized credentials so that there was some form of baseline standard for recognition of the skills and the knowledge that somebody needs to enter the space. And so that's where we've been focusing this last year. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of industries have, you know, something like this, right? Whether it's, you know, ISO kind of things or financial sector, food safe, you know, GMP. (laughs) I guess, where did you look to, you know, other industries to kind of figure out how do we solve this problem for cannabis? What, what kind of fit and what didn't fit in terms of, you know, why just it didn't, it wasn't appropriate for cannabis or the model just wasn't going to work. I'm, I'm curious how you kind of approach this. Well, you're right. First off, um, every other industry and especially every other regulated industry has mm-hmm. kind of credentialing programs that are created as standardized programs for that sector. And it happens in food, you know, they have them in alcohol as well. They have them, there's overbearingly in manufacturing and kind of the whole manufacturing safety world. There's many, many sectors that have this. And to say, where do we look to? I mean, we looked for the understanding that these standardized programs exist in the other spaces, but we really needed to build them from scratch for cannabis. And that's why actually one of our big initiatives this year was we we launched this GF Institute, which is just a standard setter. The point of GF Institute is to say, we're going to set some standards. And then we recruited 35 very large companies that were hiring people to participate in the the steering committee, essentially. And, and these steering committees got together over the course of 2021. And we said in each sector of the industry, what is the most important standards to create in terms of a baseline level of proficiency? And what came out of that, and we, we knew this going in, but we it was nice to have it validated, was that there's kind of two units that were needed in these programs. One was a, basically a health and safety and compliance unit. Because one, it's mandatory in cannabis in many cases to have some baseline level of health and safety training, whether it's in the manufacturing side or in many cases in the retail side, they call it responsible vendor training. Mm -hmm. So we created this unit one that is in all three programs, and that is all health and safety and compliance training. It's only about three and a half, four hours or so of content, but it gives people a baseline level of understanding of what is it like to operate in a heavily regulated industry like cannabis. And so we have those, you know, unit one in all three programs. And then unit two was skills-based training. And so we had to work with the committees to confirm what were the skills that were most valuable and required for people to understand in each sector? So for like, you know, as I say these things, people will be like, oh, of course, this makes sense. You know, yeah. in, the, in the dispensary one, there was a lot of product knowledge that people needed to understand. There was sales and service knowledge about what you could and couldn't do in the cannabis space. You know, there was a little bit on how cannabis works in the body to give people a baseline understanding of the endocannabinoid system and, you know, dosing and titration and those things so, so that we had a safe and responsible service providers, right? In sector. So in retail, we kind of defined all these topics, if you will, that were good. And then we used the committee to narrow down to what was really most important. And that became the the unit two for the dispensary. And, you know, same thing in cultivation. You had to understand, you know, a little bit about genetics. You had to understand about the plant growing cycle from, you know, everything from cloning all the way to harvesting. You had to understand some processing methodologies. You know, you had to understand trimming, right? There was a 
mm-hmm. a little bit of baseline level of knowledge of what happens from A to Z in the cultivation sector so that if somebody is coming in not knowing anything, they now have a baseline level of proficiency. And, you know, same thing in manufacturing. And so we spent all of 2021 working with these 35 companies and then basically baked them into these 12 to 15 hour comprehensive programs where if somebody comes in knowing nothing, they can go through this program and have a fundamental level of health and safety and compliance training, fundamental level of skills-based training, and then some an exam to be able to qualify that they retain that knowledge. And those you know, yielded these three new certificate programs, the dispensary associate, the cultivation technician, and the manufacturing agent. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. I'm just curious how that process worked, right? I can only imagine, you know, talking to 35 companies and getting 36 different answers on some of these questions. I mean, how did you go from kind of surveying, collecting data, sifting through that and coming up with, you know, in the end, what was going to be your curriculum and kind of what you were actually training people on? Sure. I mean, if you want to get in the nitty gritty of it, I'm happy to. We, we yeah. basically started by internally at Greenflower and with our kind of most trusted advisors, I would call them that, okay. we built the V1 curriculum. Okay. And we said, you know, based upon what we know and the thousands of hours of content we've produced and the clients we've worked with, you know, let's get a, a baseline level of design. And so we came up with that baseline level of design. Then we built those into actual programs in terms of, of filling in the content and then and enrolled all these different companies, you know, into the steering committee. And the thing with the steering committee is we said we want anywhere between five to 15 employees to go through the programs that we've created and actually get them to give us their direct, you know, hands-on <laughs> feedback about the program. And so we did that. We went through, and I, you know, I personally kind of enrolled all the friends of the heads of these companies like the Parent Co. and like Leaf and Glasshouse and Kiva and Wana Brands and all these companies that have been not just in the space for a long time, but have been growing very quickly. So we got all of them together. We enrolled them into the process. They signed up because two, two reasons, quite frankly. One is they're very familiar with the fact of hiring people that don't have cannabis background. So this yep. is not like a unknown problem. But then secondly, you know, education, the thing about education is that inherently it's a kind of product type that lifts everybody up, you know, kind of makes everybody a little bit better. And so there was also that kind of visionary aspect, which which people are always excited to be a part of because we're building this industry from scratch, essentially. So we brought them in and then we worked with, yeah, their teams. We put over two, I think it was 225 people through these pilots programs and then just worked with them to get any any granular individual feedback. And then we collated all those individual pilot programs into kind of a master program, if you will, of direction, refined everything, then sent that book through the channels to get approval. And everybody kind of signed off as a baseline. And then we submitted that into ANSI for international accreditation, which was accepted. And now is going through the kind of it's called the diligences process of ANSI to get accredited. So it was a lot of work. <laughs> it was yeah, a, sounds a like lot it. of work that took a lot of time. I mean, it was basically, you know, almost our entire 2021 kind of new project focus in terms of investment and time and energy. And we're just now, you know, we just launched GFI and the credentials in September. So we're in the phase now of these companies adopting them internally. That's the mm-hmm. thing that's kind of exciting is all these companies are now 
bringing them internally. You know, they're making them their onboarding and training programs to make sure that as they grow and as they expand, this becomes the kind of foundation of their training and development in the company. And then we're going to be rolling that on larger and larger scales as we move into 2022. Yeah. And, you know, cannabis moves so quickly. How do you deal with you know, the fact that, you know, at some level, you know, the moment that you kind of finalize something, it becomes out of date just because you know, everything's kind of shifting and morphing. Or I guess how much of this content do you feel, you know, is evolving, is changing as the industry grows, as, you know, new products get developed versus how much of this is, is really fundamentals that are, are going to stay pretty consistent, you know, over time as the industry evolves? So, and this goes back to my earlier statement that there's lots of different types of cannabis education and training and, and, you know, structures of how those things are done. And these are 15 hour programs. They're, they're not long, actually. I mean, I guess it depends on cannabis terms, how long you think that is, but you know, they're very, very short in contrast to like the, the our university programs are, are 315 hours. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. 15, you know, 12 to 15 hours is pretty short. And the reason I say that is because I actually feel like at this point, you know, I would go so far as to say 95 to 98% of this will be really timeless, at least for the next five years until, you know, even more grandiose shakeups might happen or maybe federal changes things. But, you know, when you talk about, for example, the cultivation program, you know, the plant is the plant. It grows the way it grows. And while there might be advancements in, let's say, the type of lighting or there might be advancements in the genetic breeding – as a foundational program, that none of that stuff matters, right? That stuff is not what you're covering in a standards-based kind of training at this foundational level. So I would say that, that the GFI programs will have real good sustained lasting power, especially as they get accredited, because that will become just a baseline. And, and you know, we'll tweak stuff here and there as, as the industry evolves, but it's not going to change a whole lot. It's once you start to get into the more advanced programs where you will absolutely see more evolution happening. Yeah. And how are like from a, I guess, business model or revenue model point of view, are you're, you're basically licensing this or selling this in to the companies to trade their employees? Or are you looking to sort of sell this to individuals that want to be professionals in the space so they can kind of carry this credential from place to place as they move between companies? What's your, I guess, what's your approach? Yeah. So, you know, in the scheme of things, Greenflower is actually a relatively small company now. We're, we're still like 50 people or so, a little bit less than mm -hmm. 50 people. And I guess the reason I say that is because we've had to prioritize, you know, how much we do at any given time. Yeah. I have a vision where I would like to be having these distributed to individuals through all of our university partnerships, quite frankly. I mean, yeah. both at the university level and the community college level. At this moment in time, they're only distributed through the companies themselves. And the companies are basically purchasing them as their onboarding and training. But for us, and also this was part of the ANSI accreditation, it's that industry adoption, which will actually mean more both to the industry and also to our business over time. So that's why we've put so much emphasis on the companies first adopting these and kind of using these internally. And over time, we do see rolling these programs out through our partnerships with colleges and universities. We're just not kind of not there yet, if you will. Yeah, yeah. First, first steps. 
And in terms of the content itself, so you've, you've got the kind of the curriculum and the content you're training. How do you, I guess, give us a little insight in how you've actually structured it for kind of consumption or digestion. And then how do you, I guess, are you testing levels of proficiency or how, how do you ensure that people are actually absorbing the content, applying the content in their day-to-day work experience and, you know, the work that they're doing? Give me some insights there. Yeah. I mean, we've stayed a hundred percent online. It's always been the green flower model. And so um, and that's partially because we've, you know, we've built a lot of technology around the learning experience yeah. and we have a lot of online content. And then in terms of how the content itself has evolved over the years, you know, we have a really kind of beautiful blend of video based learning, reading based learning, e-learning, which is kind of interactive based online learning, and then little bits of, of knowledge validation through knowledge checks, as well as through the final exam. And so the just these little 15-hour programs are a blend of all that stuff. There's a little bit of reading, a little bit of video, a little bit of e-learning, a little bit of knowledge checks. And then we have these, these exams, which are proctored through this online exam service that we use. And so people have to, you know, go through and take it and they can't open up other materials and they have to pass them with a certain time. And and then they get validated by this anti-accreditation process, if you will, that will stamp them as a, a certificate holder. And so it's not terribly complicated once, you know, a company signs up, we kind of assign a student a seat, and then they have a certain amount of time to go through the program. And we have all sorts of reporting and stuff we do back to the employer, as well as to the person going through it, just to keep them engaged and make sure everybody's going through it. And so we actually, even in the pilots, had an extremely high completion rate, surprisingly high completion rate in terms of these people going through the programs. And, uh, you know, it's our kind of job just to keep <laughs> pushing them through, if you will, and yeah. making sure they get through it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm curious what, I mean, given the kind of the, the volume and diversity of content that we have in cannabis, um, what was some of the more difficult or, or challenging sort of types of content or things to kind of train, you know, using this kind of online digital platform, what, as you think through kind of the kind of you, content you developed, which is what was kind of the harder or more challenging ones to, to make work in this format? Yeah, actually, I mean, it's, I'll answer this question in a slightly different way than you asked, but it's because okay, it's ahead. most relevant, which is that um, we found in going through this, that the manufacturing program um, was a tricky one to do yeah. because there's so many different methodologies and ideologies and philosophies and strategies, quite frankly, yeah. for how people are doing this. And then you start getting into like, you know, there was this big debate of like, well, do you include topics around stuff like nanotechnology, which is becoming, mm, yeah. you know, the whole methodology for how the drinks are being made, for example. Mm -hmm. And we've, you know, that's where we've had the most challenge is kind of orienting in that particular program to what is going to be part of the standards and what's not. Yeah. And we opted for, you know, for, as an example, we opted with the nano stuff for not because it's an innovation and it's interesting, but it still is, it's just so early. It's just still so early to have that be kind of a whole section where you include content. And that's the thing about some of these standardized programs is you really do have to make some discernment about what goes in there and what doesn't because it's a baseline. And you know, we've had surprisingly, it might might not be, I guess it might not be that much of a surprise to people, but some of the biggest pushback we've had is that even the companies think 15 hours is too long of a training yeah. for people. Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, it's, you say like, exactly, like, of course, like in cannabis, it seems like, God, 15 hours is a long time. But like, if you were to go to any other sector and say it's a I, 15 I hour credential, they'd be like, well, that's it, you know, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, that's nothing. Um, yeah. And so I think that it's just always trying to walk that line between the, the chaos that is cannabis and the fast moving innovation that is cannabis with just like, you know, what are best practices? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And do you, I guess, do you have plans or strategies for doing sort of continue education? I know most professions, you know, to maintain your license or, you know, your certification, you know, you've got to do some kind of some amount of learning every six months, every year or something like how does, how is that going to work for your programs? Yeah, eventually. I mean, we're not, we're just not there yet. I don't know how else to say it. It's like, uh, I think the first level of business here, and we're not there yet, is companies acknowledging that they have a training problem. (laughs) <laughs> that, that that that's that we're we're still there yeah. is that companies are not necessarily recognizing oh this whole like turnover this people i mean they have people problems all these people problems these are training issues <laughs> um, yeah. and so we're now you know very fully baked in that phase of getting companies to acknowledge it and then saying okay Here's a standardized program that is accredited, which by the way, as accreditation comes, will have banking implications and insurance implications and licensing implications for these mm-hmm. companies. And so it just becomes another competitive motivator, if you will, for, for yep. these companies to do it. But we're still at the place where companies are like, oh, I see, I see all of these people problems having as a training issue. So, okay, I can get on board with now you've built this standardized training and, you know, we'll implement that as a stage as the, as the stage that we're in, but we're just yeah. there. That's, that's, that's where we are right now. Yeah. And anything you notice about companies that are, you know, adopting this more, you know, progressively versus companies that are oh, resisting it's it? it? It's working. It's so exciting. <laughs> I mean, it's like, if there's one thing I would like want to shout from the rooftops that it's working. Yeah, yeah. That, that it's working, that the companies that are implementing this, we're just about to release this white paper, actually, because we're showing that they are literally saving money by implementing these trainings. Because, you know, what you do, at least the way we do it, is we break them up now into these little bitty half hour chunks. And now you're saying to your employee, okay, team, you know, as part of your training, you just we want you to spend half an hour a week on this online training. So they get, you know, they get a half an hour module which they can go through and complete and they go through it. But then, you know, if you stretch that out over 15 weeks, right, that's 30 weeks of training. It's a good long time to get through these, this training. And so people are going through these trainings and they're stretching them out and they're staying longer. And all of a sudden their turnover rates are dropping significantly, right? And so already they're saving money on just the expense of all the turnover stuff. But then you're having a unified language, which is the second benefit they're telling us. It's like, oh, people are saying the same things. Hmm, interesting. They're, yeah. they're talking in the same language. They're coming from the same place. So that's helping us be more aligned and unified in our strategic approach. And then we're getting the third benefit, which is that, and by the way, these people are also being a lot more productive quickly. You know, the salespeople are selling people, uh, selling more products and providing better service. The cultivation people are creating better quality products and not making as many mistakes and catching things earlier. The manufacturing people are are being able to raise through the ranks and contribute much more deeply to the manufacturing process and have better quality control. And so there's all these strategic benefits that are happening to the businesses. And we're getting all the feedback from both the individual participants going through it, as well as the managers, if you will, that we're working with on the executive side. So it's working, you know, that's yeah. the great thing is, is it's truly, truly working. But boy, you know, it still feels like pulling teeth to get these companies to acknowledge <laughs> that we have a people issue and that people issue oh. is solved from training. 
Yeah. Well, you know, it's hard when, you know, getting, getting people to admit they have a problem is a problem. <laughs> so, you know, it's just kind of the first step for a lot of this, but it sounds like you're doing really well. I'm, if people want to find out more about this, more about the GFI, what's, what's the best place to get the information? I always just tell people to go to green-flower.com because we kind of funnel everybody through everywhere. But yeah, green-flower.com is this main site because that has everything we do and that has Ganjier and the higher ed and GF Institute and all that stuff. But if people want to just go directly to this kind of standardized body, gfinstitute.org is that that website. Great. I'll make sure that all those links are in the show notes here so people can click through and get that. Max, thank you so much for taking the time today. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I really appreciate your questioning. It's always interesting to hear you kind of talk about things from that place of corporate development. I really get a sense you understand that world so deeply, you know, so it's great to talk to you about these things. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for being on the show. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.